0: Local radio for Portsmouth. Good evening and welcome to Over the White Line here on ninety three point seven Express FM. This is your place for all the local footballing news and here's what's coming up over the next hour or so. It's the first midweek night under the lights for Gosport Borough as they take on Swindon Supermarine in the Southern League Premier Division. Sean Gale, the Boa boss, will join me shortly to preview that one. Hawk Secretary Trevor Brock will join us live on the phone in the second part of our program to discuss their good start to the season after a 2-1 victory away at Darford last night and give us his annual predictions for the campaign coming up for all of our local clubs. It's always such a good listen and I know that when Trevor's talking, people are listening. So I very much look forward to that. And Dan Greenwood, the manager of Fleetlands, discusses their first season at Wessex League level and the work they've done to even get there in the first place. And of course, you can get in contact with the programme. You can text EXPRESS and your message to 811. 400. You can send us an email. It's studio at expressfm.com. Or if you want to send us a tweet, it is at expressfm. It is Wednesday night. It is six o'clock, which means there's only one thing to do. It's time to go over the white line. Passionately Portsmouth and Passionately Football. We are 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to Over the White Line here on 93.7 Express FM. I'm Henry Deakin and I'm going to be with you between now and 7pm bringing you all the latest local footballing news and we are proudly sponsored by Bisco Solicitors. It's the place where the right team gets you the right results and for more information on the services they provide, do head over to their website it is bisco-law.co.uk and of course you can get in contact with the programme this evening. Once again, these are the ways to do so text express and your message to 81400 tweet us at expressfm or email studio at expressfm.com it's very much a gospel fiend program in part one and part three in a second we're going to hear from the gospel boa manager sean Gell. it's a big night for them tonight in the southern league premier division as they host swinton supermarine on the back of a defeat at western super mayor at the weekend we're going to catch up with sean talk about that game and talk about their season in general after signing some big names over the summer including Andreas Robinson and Harvey Bradbury. We'll see how they've settled into things at Privet Park very shortly and then in the third part of the programme we're going to be catching up with the manager of Fleetlands Dan Greenwood after they got promoted to this level for the first time in their history. We talk about the hard work that's gone in to get them there in the first place and what the expectations are now they have made it into Wessex League future. Uh, Six League football, both in the short term and the long term future. That is what I should say. And then in the middle of that Gosport sandwich, we're going to have a chat with the Havens and Waterlooville Club Secretary Trevor Brock at about 25 past the hour. Always a good listen when Trevor Brock's on the programme. Really, really looking forward to having a chat with him about Havant's season so far. It's been a good start for them. And with Trevor, you'll always get an honest insight into that and all the other of our local sides. So do stay tuned for that. I know you'll be staying tuned for that because it's always a very, very good segment and popular segment of the show. But first and foremost, we're going to head to Private Park because it's a big game tonight for Gosport Borough in the Southern League Premier Division. They take on Swindon Supermarine. It's a game that early on, they want to get a victory after... A defeat at the weekend, 3-0 away at Western Mare, and they were blown away within the first 32 minutes. Usually when you say the term on well, the beach, that's reserved for the end of the season, but Gosport just couldn't quite hit the mark early on. And as they tried to get their way back into the match in the latter stages, unfortunately, the game was over. But ahead of tonight's game against Swindon St. Marine, there's a positive tone from the voice of the Gosport Borough manager, Sean Gallagher spoke about that, reflected upon the weekend and the season more broadly. said Sadek, joining me on the other end of the line is the Gosport Bar manager, Sean Gell ahead of tonight's game at home to Swindon Supermarine. Sean, for yourself tonight, is it as much about performance as it is the result on the back of Saturday?
1: To be honest, Henry, I'll, I'll just take a result. If we don't play well and win, that's sometimes football. So, yeah, I'm disappointed, obviously, Saturday's result to go that far. And we shot ourselves in the foot first half. We actually started the game really well and had a couple of good chances. And then they got a goal which was a good strike, but, um, you know, it was disappointing, and then we sort of, like, allowed them to dictate the game very much, so from there on, and and they scored two more, and then we still had some good chances, but uh, second half, we were better, but, you know, you can't do that. You can't give teams a three-goal start. So, yeah, tonight, I love a decent performance and a win, obviously, but most importantly, I'd like to get the three points.
0: Just quickly, going back to Saturday, was it a case of you gave them too much of a leg up, so by the time you try to get back in the game, the game was most likely gone.
1: I think so, we gave ourselves far too much to do on such a hot day, uh, and then they, you know, we got stretched first half and we allowed them, as I say, to dictate a lot of the play, um, we end up chasing and, and you know, you're hard to recover. We come out and we played our second half and we sort of dominated the possession, um, created a couple of half decent chances, and if we went on chances, we probably had better chances and more than they did. But um, chances don't win your games. You've got to take them chances. So, you know, and we've got to do better than we did, as I say, in the first half. But, um, you know, we have to bounce back. We're two games in. We won one, we lost one. And it's important that we get a result tonight.
0: Going then on to tonight's game against Swinton Supermarine, a side where, in your time at Gosport, you've had some battles with over the past. they all these evenly contested encounters.
1: Yeah, they're a good side. Swindon, they've got some good players. We went up there last year and drew nil-nil, and I probably deserved to win, shaded it, and then they beat us at home. Um, So, you know, it's it's, going to be a tough game. There's no easy games at any level of football. Everyone's, you know, having a right go, and um, and now it should be. So we we have to make... First and foremost, we make sure we stay in the game, uh, and we play to our potential. And, uh, and if we do that, we'll give anyone a decent game. So uh, you know, but we know you know they won the first two. I'm sure they're you know riding high in confidence. It'll be a tough, tough ask.
0: But, of course, home advantage for yourselves tonight. And you're one of these clubs that have moved over from playing their midweek games on a Tuesday to a Wednesday where you're allowed to and where it is possible. And it's nights like tonight where you know you're going to get a big crowd in and the players seem to benefit as well. There's something about your side under the lights as well which which just seems to turn up and just find some gears. Do you think that plays into your hands a bit more tonight? Playing at home, big crowd, and just the energy you're going to get as a consequence of that?
1: I think so. I think you, you know you, you've got to take the energy from the crowd. The fans enjoy it it's a game under lights, as I say, on a Wednesday night. There's not a massive a lot, but well, no other football on around the area really. Um, so as you say, we just, you know we've got to take the energy from that and uh, we've got to use that to our advantage. And if we can get you know in top gear and have a right go, we'll make it very difficult for Swindon. Well,
0: it's the first time we've actually had the chance to speak to you live on on the radio this season, Sean. So we'll take the opportunity just to kind of have a little chat about your summer. In general, lots of ins and, and a couple of outs as well. It's been a very... I'd say when you look at the players that you've bought in, and on paper, there's been some very strong acquisitions you've bought in. Harvey Bradbury being one of them, Andreas Robinson definitely being one, and, and a whole host of others who are Danny Hollands another uh, that that are very strong acquisitions at Southern League level.
1: Yeah, definitely. Names don't win games, and, and on paper you don't win games either. But we have... Um, We need to, obviously, you know, we've had a few injuries through pre-season. You know, Bradley Tarbutt fractured his ankle, you know, just a freak accident really. A lad caught him, wasn't a nasty tackle. Um, Harvey Bradbury was out for quite a period of time with a real nasty cut. And obviously we lost Ryan Woodford. Um, at this moment in time, he's a big boss to us. And Andreas played the first game and then has a, had a problem with his ankle. Um, and he's on his way back. But, you know, they're big losses. And then, obviously, Billy Bazzari got uh, attacked in Gun Wharf and broke his jaw. Um, you know, we, we lost five players there for quite a period and, you know, obviously going to the first game it's been a little bit difficult in, you know, how we play and how we set up because that hasn't really been how we want to because we haven't got the players available but, you know, it's a patience game. The lads are on their way back uh, and over the next few weeks it's important that we still keep picking up points until we get a fully fit squad where I believe it if we got a full squad uh, you know, give anything a good game.
0: Over that period were you scratching your head and thinking please don't let it be deja vu, please don't let it be like last season, where obviously you lost a lot of big players at a crucial point in the season, and it derailed those playoff hopes a little bit.
1: Yeah, because, we, you know, we've looked a lot, of, you know, when you get a lot of injuries, to look at things, um, we didn't feel that last year, we'd overworked them or underworked you know, we'd done nothing really, we have been unlucky. season really and truly touched wood, you know, at, at, Injuries as such, um, apart from the young lad, actually, Carl Williams, but you know, he's been the only one. Um, the other injuries have been, you know, like I say, freak, uh, you know, Billy really Bazzari. It's just, uh, just a disgrace, really, what happened to him. Um, but, you know, we need to get these players back. We can keep them fit because if we keep the, uh, the team and the squads fit, um, yeah, I believe we've got a real good chance of being right up there and, and having a go.
0: And I suppose it's it's key perhaps this season more than any other because everything's been so truncated and put in such a small batch, partly because of the World Cup and other things obviously backdated and backlogged from other seasons. But then that's why you put a squad that you've put together, that if there is the odd injury here and there, you've got like-for-like replacements that can slot in and not make the team any weaker, I suppose.
1: Yeah, that's a hard thing, I mean, because obviously, you know, when you people, it's hard to replace people like Andreas Robertson and Harvey Bradbury and people like that when they're not fit, Ryan Woodfords and people like that. So, you know, you're asking young lads at times to do that job and you know when, you know, not put all your eggs in one basket as such, but you, you know, we have gone, you know, a strong 14 and then after that we're very young. Um, but we've got some really good youngsters, and I don't mind blood in them youngsters. And um, obviously, we've managed to get the lad Harry Jewett White on loan mm-hmm. from um, from Portsmouth. And uh, you know, I think he'll add something different to us as well, a different dimension tonight. Uh, we need a little bit more energy in there, and I think he'll he'll add that to it. So, you know, as I say, it, it is all about really keeping the squad fit together. And I think you look at most of the teams around; it's exactly like the same. You look at as it haven't; like it was exactly like the same. They can keep the core of their squad together and fit. You know, they're, they're going to you know, be right up there. Um, it's when you get the injuries that you struggle.
0: And in terms of expectations, perhaps changing at Gosport, what would be classed as a successful season, do you think, this year?
1: I think if everything got on, I mean, you know, getting in the playoffs, I think, mm-hmm. you know, we need to get in the playoffs. You know, the club needs to, you know, it needs to get to the next level as soon as we can. But without breaking the bank, without, you know, doing things wrong, you know, we have to have stability at the football club. It's something that me and the chairman have spoke about. And, you know, he's not going to be there forever. You, you need to have it, you know, that the club can be stable and it can afford to run itself. And we, we're well on the way to that. You know, when I first come in the door, and it's not just me, but a lot of other people with a lot of hard work, the club was nowhere near that. So we are. And then you want a successful team on the pitch, um, you know. And hopefully we can get that. And it's, as I say, you know, a cup run would be good for the for the club and the town. Um, but ultimately, my goal is to try and get at least in the playoffs uh, and get out of the league. And um, you know, that's never easy. It's um, you know, it's great putting a good team together, but you need that little bit of luck as well on the way to to be able to you know achieve that. You know, like we're talking about injuries and things like that. So uh, fingers crossed, we can. You know, we get over the early season blip of not having players available and, um, and hopefully, you know, once we get them all back, uh, we'll be strong.
0: Fingers firmly crossed. Sean, always appreciate your time. Thank you very much for that as ever. And we'll catch up with you again on the programme soon. Cheers. Thanks, Anna. So, and that is Sean Gale, the Gosport Borough manager, talking to me earlier on this evening, ahead of their game against Windsor Supermarine. It's a 7.45 kickoff over at Privet Park. Tickets are still available on the gate. Do make sure you've got cash on you if you do want to head there and get in. Uh, or you can get your tickets online. It is FC.com where you can find all the information on that. They also announced the signing yesterday of Harry Jewett White From Portsmouth on loan. Good signing that uh, for Gosport. I know one or two clubs in the National League South were sniffing around that signature. So a good signing there for Gosport. That is for sure. And that's on the back of a 3-0 defeat, as I say, to Western uh, Supermare at the weekend. Sins and Supermarine, Western uh, Supermare. See, I've done it again! Uh, Western Supermare. Yeah, you you can tell. They can roll off the tongue like that. Um... But yeah, there Free 3-0 defeat there last weekend. I'll get myself back on track eventually. 3-0 defeat there at the weekend and it was an uncharacteristic-like performance where they conceded in a batch. Um, they... I say, but prior to that it's been it's been a really good really solid start to their season so looking to get back to uh, winning ways at the weekend as they uh, as they take on Swindon Supermarine and then uh, looking forward for Gospel Borough again like everyone involved in the local game at the minute it is just a relentless one of game after game after game so after tonight's match they're back in action on Saturday they take on Chesham away from home then they- they get next Tuesday off which is a luxury which not many teams are being able to afford especially it taking part in the Hampshire Senior Cup so they're not in action on Saturday then the double header they're home on the Saturday of the bank holiday weekend against Plymouth Parkway and then they make the trip over to Winchester on the bank holiday Monday which is not an easy trip to make heading over to Winchester on a bank holiday Monday so good luck with that one chaps Uh, so that's how Gosport are shaping up going into that that weekend. Then they have a week off uh, on the 3rd of September, although I believe that one will be filled in, uh, penciled in with an FA Cup tie in due course. So that's how Gosport line up then. It's Sweden Marine tonight. It's a 7.45 kickoff over at Private Park. If you do fancy heading along to that one, GosportBaraFC.com is the place to be if you want to find out more ticketing information or do head over to their Twitter feed. It is at B. F-C. This is Over
2: the White Line, 93.7 Express FM.
0: Welcome back to the second part of this week's Over the White Line here on 93.7 Express FM, your local radio station for Portsmouth, where we're proudly sponsored by Bisco Solicitors. It's the place where the right team gets you the right results. For more information on the services that they provide, do head over to their website. It is biscos-law.co.uk. And, of course, you can get in contact with the programme this evening text express and your message to 81400 tweet us at expressfm or email studio at expressfm.com i'm really really looking forward to the next part of the program because joining us now is the Havington water League club secretary trevor brock trevor a very very good evening to you
2: and nice to speak to you as
0: well, Henry. It's been too long, but it's great to have you on the programme. It's like going to a nice little bar with a friend I haven't spoken to for so long, having a glass of wine and just catching up and all the footballing fun that's happened since we've last spoke.
2: Totally agree.
0: Well, let's get stuck right into it and let's get stuck into the Hawks because it's been a very, very good start. It has to be said, uh, at one point last night, top of the National League South, obviously results and everything else meant it wasn't quite that, but a very good start nonetheless. And a victory at Dartford, which is a place we both know notoriously is one of the toughest places to go to in that league to get a result. And you went and got a result by hook and by crook.
2: No, it was uh, tremendous. We've we've never won at Prince's Park, so uh to win away last night uh was, was absolutely fabulous for everybody. Um you know, they're make no mistake, they're a decent side, Dartford, so there's not going to be many teams go there and win this season. So we can really rack that one up as a as a plus. Um even more so after, you know, having to fight very hard on Saturday away at Braintree, uh, when we lost uh, Jason Pryor so early.
0: And I suppose one thing that, that we've seen with the Haven performances so far is in every single game so far, they've had to show some kind of battling quality. They've had to show something at some stage. They've been posed questions which, on lesser size perhaps they may not have been able to answer.
2: Well, I think, I think we didn't have the greatest of pre-seasons, um, but once we got down to league business, um, everybody's sort of moving towards a common aim, and uh, I'm confident we'll have a very good season this season. But there are some very good sides in that league, and you know, there's nobody that, that is a mugger team. Um, mm. So everybody, you're going to have to be at your best uh, when you're playing
0: Is this the strongest you've ever seen, the National League South, because you look, you look down from one to twenty-four now, because there's more teams in it this season, and you could probably pick 10, 11 teams out and think you could make a case for top seven for, for any one of those eleven or twelve.
2: Well, I think every uh, every team takes it extremely seriously now. Uh, this level of football and the players who've dropped down to it means that it's, um, you know, every game is a tough game. Um, So, you know, lots of teams are able to raise their game against us. You know, we're one of the bigger names in the league and, and, and every game is difficult.
0: And has that been the the one thing that maybe now, having been back in the league for a number of years, you've managed just to say, look, that's how we're going to have to shift into gear. We're going to be known as one of the big guns. We're going to be known as one of the teams that people will want to beat. They'll want to humble, want to rumble. And we've got to make sure that we work probably harder than any other team to get results because they're going to turn up and try and outplay us and try and uh, and, and, try and kind of prove a point against us kind of thing?
2: Well, you know, every game's a challenge. Um, it, it, it's certainly uh, respectful people. So many teams think we're a full-time club. We're not. We train three mornings a week. But it seems to be around the league that the full-time teams, of which there are three or four in the league, um, are the ones to beat. And we seem to have been put in that block
0: and, of course, when you mentioned with there actually being four-time teams in the league, is the National League itself in a place now where maybe the National League was about 20 years ago, possibly?
2: Well, I think the whole level of football has gone up over those 20 years. And, I mean, the amount of work that goes into preparing for a game, the amount of research you know, all the statistics and whatever else. And, uh, you know, our players are thoroughly prepared for every game. Um, And that takes an awful lot out of people like, you know, the manager, Paul Doswell, and his backroom team. Um, And, uh, you know, I think we're in the best state we've been in terms of having a really good go for it this year.
0: Do you feel perhaps that everything that's been put in place, and a lot's been been made of obviously what's going on behind the scenes, new buildings, new infrastructures, things like that that have been put in place over the last couple of years, now that's set in stone and that's there and you've had that kind of year where new buildings have been put in place, can that now shift ultimately? Focus then on the on the football operations, knowing that everything around the club is is now secure. You don't have to worry about building sites and things like that.
2: Well, I think the club is very secure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, thanks to Derek Pope and the other directors, the club is in a really good state. Um, it, it's really good on the field at the moment, and it's really good off the field. So, you know, I think we would do make a much better fist of getting to, getting to the top division in the National League uh, if we were able to have another go now.
0: And, of course, I think a lot of people will make that comparison as well of that team five, is it four seasons ago? Five seasons ago now, isn't it? Yeah, it's
2: getting on a bit, isn't it?
0: I know, <laughs> it's... <laughs> The season's,
2: all, very quickly. the
0: seasons all the seasons all roll into one now. Don't know, God, it's been so long, Trev. But I suppose uh, un- until you get there, that you want to then kind of quash the comparisons of the part-time haven't team that was there as in for a Tuesday, Thursday night haven't team to one that then would would make a go of it playing during the day.
2: I think the uh, Average team did extraordinarily well to uh, win two divisions in a row and reach the national league. But I think it. Being honest, it was probably a step too far, uh, based on a you know a Tuesday Thursday regime, where in many cases you didn't train Tuesday because you had a game. Mm. So you know once a week at that level is is just not something that will get you success at national league level. So we kind of had to move to um, Paul three mornings a week in order to you know get ourselves in a state where first of all we can have a chance of winning promotion, and then once we do, um, hopefully staying there.
0: And obviously we, you talk about infrastructure behind the scenes and obviously I've been lucky enough to see a lot of what has gone on over that time. Is it that those small things that are having... Um people in more full-time roles that perhaps wasn't before. So, for example, Scott Monroe in video analysis, uh, Jake Travis stepping up in his role as a as, as a physiotherapist as well, that, that a couple of years ago were volunteer-slash-part-time roles, but are now being made a bit more full-time. How big a difference has that been in professionalising the football operation?
2: Well, of course it does. I mean, no question. Uh, and I think it's all geared... For making the next move, however, it's going to be extremely hard uh, to get in a position uh, to get out of this league. Uh, we've been trying at it for the last four or five years. Um, Covid has not helped. Um, also, we've run fairly small squads and suffered badly from injuries. But in future, hopefully, um, you know we'll have a we'll have a little bit of a luck behind us and um, and, and a fair wind, and hopefully, we can make
0: it. How important is our old friend, the M-word, momentum? Because it feels like something at the start of the season, I was there a couple of weeks ago and you just sometimes when you're around a football club you just get a sense when something's brewing and when something's brewing, something good that's brewing and I I just got the sense that there's, there's a connection with the fans, the players get the fans, the fans get the players and maybe that there's just something beginning to build. I know we can be very optimistic in August but they just felt like something was in the air around there a couple a couple of weeks ago
2: no i think you're right henry you know very very much so um and momentum is extraordinarily important in football um it's been a number of years since we started with seven points from the first three games and i'm pretty sure if jason hadn't been sent off on saturday that we'd have been nine from nine which is what Ipswich we are at the moment you know and i think they're possibly going to be our biggest rivals this season
0: I was going to mention that game against Braintree on Saturday. We've had some uh, interesting battles over there um, in the past, Trevor. When I was uh, over there, we had some interesting commentary moments uh, from Crescent Road, and it's never, never a dull game down there. So I suppose, surprise, surprise, Jason Pryor, who five years ago scored a hat-trick of penalties down there, ended up then being back right in amongst the wars again on Saturday.
2: Uh, it was a, it was a really unfortunate effort. I felt quite sorry for um, for Jason because he got badly fouled, went to ground. Uh, the player then momentum it the sat on him, and he he took a bit too long to get up. And unfortunately, as he got up, Jason did a sort of a flick. al la, la Beckham, mm-hmm. uh, and the referee was straight over with a red card. You know, it's, um, there were probably fifty challenges in a game that are worse than that. He literally tapped him. Um, but technically it is ascending off and uh, unfortunately he's now got to serve a three-match suspension starting on Saturday.
0: And the other contentious issue from a Braintree perspective that I'm going to have to I'll bring up with you as well was they reckon they had a couple of opportunities where the ball crossed the line. Uh, I think it was in the first half of the game. From your perspective, where you were sat, did they cross the line?
2: Oh, I don't. I don't have a clue, Henry. It was... You know, I was sitting on the halfway line, so uh, they put a lot of pressure on us. I mean, they're on a much much better side this year than they have been uh, for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, at the end of the day, there was a lot of gold mouth action. Uh, Ross Warner was absolutely unbelievable, made three or four saves. It was a horribly hot afternoon. Um, and, and, you know, let's be blunt, we did ride our luck to a certain extent. Um, but You know, you have to do that in away games.
0: And I suppose those are the sorts of results that separates a team that could do well in a league season, a team that could perhaps just miss out. There may be the results that at times last season could have turned into a 2-1 defeat, possibly.
2: Mm. I think it's all about intensity. I Mm -hmm. think the intensity of the team is right this year. Um, And hopefully we can go on and... uh, and carry on and be at least in the playoffs, which I know is the minimum we expect this season.
0: And just finally on Haven, Dover Saturday at home, always a battle between haven and Dover, one of the great games uh, at this level. It's been the first time in a few years actually should be played at this level, it has been played uh, in the National League in the past. And Dover, again, another team that will be expected to be right up there. And you, you expect a proper game from them, I suppose, won't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll, they'll, they'll be a good side. Um, I'm not sure that they're necessarily going to be as strong as, uh, as one of the playoff contenders. might be wrong about that. But my impression is they're they're usually, having had a terrible season in the National League last season, um, they're more rebuilding. And I think they're going with a slightly younger side. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's one that we would expect to win.
0: Well, Trevor, it'd be remiss of me not to have your company and not have a chat about our other local footballing sides as we always do when we have you on the programme. We'll begin with Gosport. They're in action tonight. They take on Swindon, Snoop, and Marine. And if you look at what they've done over the summer, Sean Gale looks as if he's building a squad that wants to get right towards the top end of that league this season.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I I don't see any reason why they can't be. Um, they've certainly got the backing this season. Got some tremendous players down there. Um, people like Andreas Robinson joining. Um, you know, as you said, Harry Jewett White's gone there now. Um, no, I think they'll have. But they, they've got potential to have a really good season. I, again, it will be a lot about intensity, and as long as they can keep that intensity, uh, there's no reason why this can't be a, a minimum playoff season.
0: Because, as you say, with a player like Andreas Robinson, I look at again teams in the National League South, and there's probably hardly any that would say no if they if if they if he became available to them.
2: No, I mean I'll be absolutely honest and say that we wanted to keep him, and you know back when we uh, when we uh, were in the you know the South days. Um, but unfortunately you know he's got a very good full time mm-hmm. job, and uh, that wasn't possible with the new three days a week thing so um, you know andreas is is a national league standard player, mm-hmm. and you know I'm sure we have a very good season this year okay. again it's all about keeping clear of injuries
0: exactly and and as you last season haven 't been a great example of when when injuries bite they Bite and they bite badly then there's especially with a smaller squad which Sean Gall has admitted he's got this year it can it can completely scupper everything you want to try and do
2: well, it'll depend on his backup players I think Sean said he had you know a core squad of 14 backed up by some very good youngsters well have got to be very you've got to be very um, lucky to get by with 14 senior players mm-hmm. um, we've tried it it didn't work for us. I think we've gone up to about 18, 19 now. Um, And hopefully that gives us the strength and depth uh, that we can withstand a few injuries. Uh, Because what you don't want to do is happen to be going to the loan market, um, because that knocks the whole thing off. They're not your players. Mm -hmm. Their first first, uh, loyalty is to the club they've come from. So it's not necessarily a terribly good way of building a team.
0: Indeed, over to the Wessex League then, because it's fair to say it's not been a quiet summer across our local no. clubs. Let's let's begin with uh, AFC Portchester then, the obvious uh, the obvious team to start with in, in this league this season. And I mean, you look at who they've bought in. Brett Pittman, I know, is going to be the one big name that everyone will look at from afar. But you look at other people they've bought in, the likes of James Cowan, the likes of Ashton Lee, they've got a squad together that one one to eleven. You could probably compare and contrast to, to any other side in the division and say, well, they could they could be better than any other in that in that position.
2: Well, they're everybody's favourites, but it's like you know, everybody says favourites don't always win titles mm-hmm. uh, because there's an awful lot of things like team spirit and all the rest of it to go into the pack as well. So I I I, I see Portchester. You know, challenging right up at the top, um, and in Brett Pittman, they've probably got the best player in that level.
3: Um,
2: so it's you know, it's up to them. To, hopefully, he keeps fit for them, uh, and their new players. You know, the, you mentioned James Cowan again, probably a, a Southern League type player rather than a rather than a Wessex League player. Um, you, you need that extra bit of luck. It's not about spending the most or whatever else. It's having that team spirit and. And will to win. Um, Time will tell if Portrait Strong got that
0: right. And of course, with the headlines that they harboured, it adds expectations. So how important was it that they've got off to the start that they have got? Because say they did drop a few points in those early couple of games, then people will, even though it's still early in the season, will be laying one or two question marks.
2: They've got a massive target on their back you know everybody they play this season at Wessex league level is going to be out to uh, defeat them and of course you know you also get referees as well in the way they look at games Um, you need that bit of luck and and hopefully you know Portia should be a southern league club and I don't think it will be that long before they are uh, hopefully it's this season
0: and then horndean another team who have brought in some quality over the summer, brought in strength in numbers, strength in depth, and it's something that we spoke about with some of the other clubs where injuries come and bite in the winter, is having those numbers at your dispersal that can possibly come in as you need to and it be a like-for-like replacement. Is horndean team this year one that looks perhaps closer to challenging than the one that did last year?
2: Well, with, you know, we played them pre-season. And I was mightily impressed by Hornedean. Um, they have got the strength in depth this year. Um, they've got the right people. They've got so much experience behind the scenes now, which is not something Hornedine have all, always had. Um, so I think the mix now, and, and in Michael Birmingham, probably got the best manager at that level. Um, I think, you know, I think they'll, they'll do very well. And to be absolutely honest, they're my favourites for the season.
0: Interesting, interesting. Um, Moneyfields, interesting one with them, obviously came down, bought Glenn Turnbull in, obviously he bought a number of players along from United Services Ports, have had that first year at that level, finished around the middle part of the table, it was a decent enough first season at that level, but Is Yes, of course, second season you want to kick on, but you've also got that other issue of waiting for a stadium to be completed and then what life's going to be like moving in. Are they a tough team to judge this year on that basis that we don't quite know how the stadium transition is going to go?
2: Well, you know, obviously, because Pompey ladies play at Wesley Park, I'm a little bit in tune with what's going on down at the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's not looking good in terms of timescales. I think uh, they're probably looking probably later than October, the end of October, to, to move in. So, I mean, that's going to be a big disadvantage to them because they're going to have to switch games. Yeah, I like see this weekend, they're playing the FA Cup tie away from home. Mm-hmm. And that does hurt you. Um, but again, behind the scenes with people like Bartow involved, um, you know they're going to have a better season than they had last year. Um, they got a frightening strike force with Hutchings mm. and Laker. Um They could have a very good season this year and and be an outside mm-hmm. a chance of breaking through against the uh, you know, the possibility of promotion.
0: And very quickly, Trev, just because we are a little bit behind on on time, just a quick mention of our other clubs: Baffins, Fairham uh, United Services uh, this season. Yeah.
2: It's difficult Seasons for all of them. I mean, Baffins obviously aren't. Have lost a lot of players from last season. Almost a new team. Um, you know, I think they may be bottom half this year. it um, looked all fantastic, and Pete Styles has now uh, stepped upstairs, and and Graham Ricks has gone in. Um, you know, depends how how Graham is sort of advised of the
3: level. Hopefully, he can uh, he can do well for them if he if he can keep the
2: the ship on the tracks, then they could have a very good season, um, finish well inside the top half. United Services, no budget at that level, it's always going to be difficult but they've got lovely facilities and that attracts a lot of players so hopefully they can steer clear of any problems.
0: Well Trevor it's always a pleasure to have you on the programme thank you so much for taking time out of your Wednesday evening to have a chat with me and hopefully we'll get you back on soon to have some more non-league mutterings
2: Thank you very much indeed Henry This is Over the White Line, 93.7 Express FM.
0: Welcome back to the final part of this week's Over the White Line here on 93.7 Express FM, your local radio station for Portsmouth, where we are proudly sponsored by Bisco's Solicitors. It's the place where the right team gets you the right results. For more information on the services they provide, do head over to their website. It is biscos-law.co.uk. You can also get in contact with the program this evening, text express and your message to eight one four hundred, tweet us at expressfm, or you can email us. It is studio at expressfm.com. So we're into our final quarter of an hour of the programme and we're going to catch up with the newest side in our local area that made the step up to the Wessex League. That is Fleetlands. And earlier on this evening, I caught up with their manager, Dan Greenwood, to discuss their promotion, how much hard work's gone in to get there and their plans now they're in the Wessex League First Division. Harry Sadek, joining me on the other end of the line is the manager of Fleetlands, Dan Greenwood. Dan, welcome along to the programme and a very warm welcome to the Wessex League to Fleetlands as well. It's been a long time coming, but eventually you've managed to get there.
3: Yeah, we have. It's been a lot of hard work, but finally we're there. What
0: kind of journey has it been for Fleetlands to get to this level?
3: More. Difficult one in regards to the ground grading, I'd imagine. hmm And um, there's a lot of work that needed to be done at the ground, which credit to the chairman and the committee. Without all of their hard work and commitment, it wouldn't have been possible. mm mm-hmm. uh, uh, A lot on. of it, obviously. Sorry, go on. Go on, go on, go on. Carry on. <laughs> a, a lot of the uh, committee and obviously the chairman, it's all voluntary. So the hours they put in, what people don't realise, it's all for free. Mm-hmm.
0: And I suppose, what sort of challenges specifically are they? Because a lot, of, a lot of us obviously see what will go in, and we talk about the ground grading and, and the processes and what goes into it, what passes it, what fails it. What specifically did Fleetlands need to do to be able to apply for the next level up?
3: Well, we've had the new changing room, um, which is similar to Baffin's now which is the home change room, which enabled the away change room to be a lot bigger because there's the old home change room. And just some more uh, small things around the ground, different pathways that needed to be put in place just for health and safety. Mm -hmm. And 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 obviously we've got the floodlights as well.
0: And of course, the floodlights being such a crucial factor because at Hampshire League level, it's not a necessity. Some teams do have them, some teams don't have them. But when you make the step up to Wessex level, it's an, an absolute must. Yes. And now you're at Wessex League level and, and, and moving on the pitch, what's the what's the initial aims? What's the initial expectations? Is it just first and foremost just finding your feet, getting, getting used to level, getting to grits of it and then kind of work your way from there?
3: Yeah, I'd say so. I know me, my coaching staff and the chairman have got our own private targets which we want to achieve but first and foremost it'll be to stay in the league for next season
0: because i suppose ultimately you've worked so hard to get up there you want to make sure that you consolidate yourself so that the hard work that's put in to get to this level isn't isn't wasted so to speak
3: yeah exactly we don't want to throw away after one season there'll be a lot more hard work going into making sure we stay where we are
0: and in terms of the start that you've made to the season how would you judge that so
3: far um, interesting probably a bit of a, a challenge obviously we had handover which were favourites for the league they missed out last season by a point to Bemberton so that was an eye on the first game of the season and then we played Ash and then Totten it's been an interesting start not obviously one that we've wanted because we've lost all three games but there's plenty of positives to take away from the three games going into the rest of the season
0: And you look at the the teams that you've played as well. A lot of teams that have consolidated themselves in that division and have challenged at the top end of the division at different points as well. So I suppose it was a very quick... Reality check may not be the right word, but it kind of gave you a, a settling and a grounding for what to expect for the level, so to speak.
3: Yeah, definitely. We never expected any game to be easy, going from the Hampshire League to the Wessex there's things in the Hampshire League that you get away with um, that you don't in the Wessex, and we've learned that pretty quickly.
0: And how big have you found that jump? Obviously, you know, a, d- a difference in opponents, as we've mentioned, with the teams that you've played. But how big have you found the fundamentals in terms of the the organisation, the running, the bits that you've got to do behind the scenes? How much has that changed as a Hampshire League club to an now Wessex League club?
3: Um, I think, obviously... I've brought in Seth Puckett and Harry Bascom from Fairham, and Seth's fully aware of what's needed, and I, I knew myself. So during pre-season, I think we've prepared the squad well. We've literally just been unlucky in the first three games. The problems we've occurred in the three games, we didn't see during pre-season. So for us, once we've ironed out them, we should hit the ground running. So
0: it's taken kind of the lessons that you've learned from these few weeks, and then... Building that and making them be the foundations that you lay as the season goes on.
3: Yeah, exactly. There and will always be a learning curve, but it's one that we are learning very quickly and something that we want to put right starting Saturday, really.
0: And something that I've, I've seen, obviously, and it, it stems, obviously, firstly from the chairman, in Selstrom, who's done an incredible job down there, to all the volunteers that have put tireless amounts of, of hours into the project is the energy in which is has been put into this product to make sure that it works. The crowds have also come as a as a consequence of it. I've seen figures of, of over 100 people come to, to Fleetlands Games, which I, I can imagine about three or four years ago was unthinkable so it's obviously shown that something is going right when you're getting that sort of energy behind the scenes that's translated following this promotion into the Wessex league
3: yeah definitely and obviously with the other six clubs in the Portsmouth surrounding area in the Wessex Premier League it's a good advertisement we can now throw our hat into the mix of being a Wessex club
0: and in time, obviously maybe not straight away, but as time goes on, as the years go on, is that, the, is that the next goal, the next thing to see if you can chance your arm at that level?
3: Yeah, definitely. As a club, as a chairman, as a manager, you've got to be ambitious and you've got to want to get promoted. There's no good just going from the Hampshire League to the Wessex 1 and just being happy with that and wanting just to stay there every season. You've got to be ambitious, otherwise you won't attract players.
0: I think that's the perfect way to it finished. Dan, thank you very much for your time. Really do appreciate your company this evening, and I look forward to having a chat with you as the season goes on.
3: Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me.
0: So then, that is Dan Greenwood, the manager of Fleetlands, uh, catching up with me early on this evening to discuss all things going on over at Lurdley Lane. So then, we've got about five minutes left on our programme this evening, so let's delve into what's been happening elsewhere in the Wessex League over the last week or so. We'll begin in the Premier Division and have a look at the results. We'll begin with Saturday, where AFC Portchester got the better of Blackfield and Langley by two goals to one. It was a 1-0 defeat for Fair and Town away at Brockenhurst. Horndean, they're back up and running. 1-0 victory for them against Shaftesbury. Tough game that and a big, big win for Michael Birmingham's side. It was a 2-2 draw for United Services. Portsmouth away at Hyphen-Dibton. Meanwhile, for Moneyfields still waiting to move into their new home, they beat Laverstock and Ford 2-0 on the road. Last night, we saw Baffer's Milton Rovers in action in the Wessex Premier League, they, beat a- they lost 3 uh, 0 at home to AFC Stoneman. Uh, meanwhile, in the Wessex League First Division on Saturday, Fleetlands were in action against Tottenham and Ealing, as we spoke about a moment ago. It was a 1 0 defeat at home there for Fleetlands in front of attendance of 105. It was the same attendance over at Love Lane and unfortunately a similar result as Petersfield Town also went down by a goal to nil to Andover and then in last night's action in the Wessex League First Division Petersfield Town made the trip to Fleet Spurs and came away 4-1 victors. That's what it so let's see what that does to the tables then in the Wessex League. We'll begin with the Premier Division a number of size two wins from two. They include Horn Dean and AFC Porchester, Porchester and Horndean uh, above Horndean in the table at this specific moment in time. We then head down to Moneyfields, who are in seventh. They've picked up three points from their first two one win, one defeat there. Fair in Town, they're a similar record one win, one defeat in tenth. Whilst United Services Porcelain picked up their first point of the season at the weekend, and Baffin's Milton Rovers are yet to get off the mark, falling their opening team matches. will be looking to do so at the weekend. We'll find out who they face in just a second. Uh, whilst in the first division, Peterborough Town, four points in their first three games. This is about par for the course. They're eighth in the table. Wise for so Fleetland's yet to get off the mark after their first three games at a new level and they find themselves in 18th at the end of the third round of fixtures. Uh, let's see what's coming up this week because there is plenty going on in the fa cup and the tie that just stands out Above all else on the page is Baffin's Milton Rovers against Horndean, Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff. Uh, I was wondering whether that one was going to get moved to a Friday night, potentially, reports of being at home on the Saturday. But it is a blockbuster FA Cup tie, and if you've got nothing else going on on Saturday, I suspect that that is the place to be. Baffin's Milton Rovers, Horndean 3 o'clock kickoff down at the uh, PMC Stadium. For Fair and Town, they make the trip to Blackfield and Langley in the same competition. Moneyfields are the designated home team, but they've had to reverse their tie against Wimborne Town, courtesy of the fact that uh, their stadium is not ready yet. United services Ports Portsmouth make the trip to Lavistock and four, whilst the tie of the round on paper is showing against AFC Porchester. Uh, that game taking place. Over at the VT Sports Ground. Then Tuesday night involving our Wessex League Premier Division sides is as follows. Uh, in the Hampshire Senior Cup, AFC Portsmouth against AFC Tottenham, which has the sense of a really, really good game. I have to say that could be a, a top draw encounter. Uh, Bafford's Milton Rovers—they're also at home in the competition. They take on Ringwood Town. The United Services Portsmouth, its a trip away to Eversley and California. Uh, Fair and Town—they take on Alton, whilst for Moneyfields they host. Bournemouth. Uh, for our Wessex League First Division clubs at the weekend in the First Division, Fleetlands make the trip to Verwood Town whilst for Petersfield Town they make the trip to Millbrook and then Tuesday night in the Hampshire Senior Cup it is Petersfield Town against Newport Isle of Wight over at Lovelane. That's a, that's a nice looking tie that actually on paper. I think that's a, one that could most definitely uh, take the fancy that is for sure. And while that is Almost that for another week of over-the-white-line action. Just a reminder of what's happening at the weekend. Haventon-Water-Louisville, they're at home to Dover Athletic, whilst Gosport Borough are on the road. They take on Chesham United. But, of course, on Express FM, it is always all go with us. And There's plenty coming up on your local radio station for Portsmouth coming up after us. It's a very 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 special program. It today marks 12 years since Rusty's first show on Express and I'll tell you what's coming up in just a second. From 9 o'clock tonight Dan Ogres is scattering the roots playing folk, blues, roots etc and don't forget there's plenty of etc as well so do join him for that. Then Ian James is waking you up every morning with Express breakfast from 6.30. Paul Marsh has his mid-morning show from ten, Mason Jordan's taking you home from four before the Pompey Pirates take over from six. Chris Pearce is hosting Express this week tomorrow from seven. He's chatting with Professor Liz Bentley from the Royal Meteorological Society, amongst many others. For that, a reminder of our Pompey coverage uh, this weekend. Jake Smith has an episode of the Football Hour from six o'clock on Friday. Jeff Harris and Frankie Rutland is joining him to preview the game against Bristol Road where live commentary will be with you on Saturday. It's going to be 2 o'clock. Robbie James, Jake Smith for live and uninterrupted commentary of Pompey against Bristol Rovers in League One. Can Pompey off the back of that 4-1 victory against Cambridge United continue their league form? You'll find out here on Express FM. Don't forget, coming up is the 12th anniversary Russell Hill country music show. Join him for Reich's Live on the Lounge session that was recorded in Sweden alongside crackers from local Artist, Pleasantville and Zabo. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye bye for now.